0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Happy New Year. The First really official week of the year is now in the bags so to speak, after day's close. <laughs> I guess I'm about eight hours too early, but forgive me. I'm excitable. I'm an excitable young man. Yesterday, we saw the S&P 500 up 1.4%, closing at 3,803, above 3,800. Wall Street kind of does a thing with round numbers, and I don't like it because it doesn't mean anything to me. But it means something to the big picture, I suppose. NASDAQ was up 2.5%. The Russell 2000 was up 1.89%. Dow Jones and Listerl average up over 31,000, closing at 31,041, all record highs. Where do we go today? Where do we go in 2021? Where do we go in 2022? A lot of speculation is going on out there. When You see Tesla move up 10 straight days in a row. There's no one's losing. And we all know that in football games, there's a winner, there's a loser. In life, there's a winner, there's a loser. For every winner, there's a loser. There's, we hear this again and again and again and again. But that's not exactly true with Wall Street. So don't get caught up in something you might have learned when you were just a teeny tiny little boy. So we're through another Thursday and into Friday. Tech was the strongest sector yesterday. Utilities lost just over 1% as there's a rotation of money. It didn't last long. Remember at the beginning of the week when tech was like – Oh, no, now that Biden's got a Democrat Congress, um, you're going to see reform on the big tech companies because they're the richest companies. I saw today Tesla hurdled over Facebook to become the fifth most, uh, fifth most richest company. Plug Power yesterday charged up 35% after the company received a $1.5 billion investment to accelerate hydrogen as an alternative energy source. Where is this being developed at in Asia? When I see that story, $1.5 billion investment, plug power, hydrogen, byproduct is water, not pollution, water. Don't ask me to go into my chemical engineering background days because I don't actually have any. But um, hydrogen fuel cells are considered like kind of nirvana, And when I see that Plug Power got a $1.5 billion investment in Asia, I go, I wish that was in the United States. $1.5 billion investment means jobs being created, smart people uh, given the reins to be creative with their intellect, Uh, good things happen, entrepreneurialist speaking, and taxes. I don't want to see big investment in other areas of the country. I want to see it in my backyard. I know you're saying that's not very noble of you, Rob. No, it's not. Every major index yesterday closed at all-time high, but Bitcoin did too. It's a little bit weird how everything's melting up. Be very cautious. I'm not calling for an end to it because I think the situation of almost a mandate for another stimulus check, even after we got one at the end of December, it, it seems to be there. When life gives you lemons, when life gives you lemons, when life gives you lemon, what do you do? You throw lemons? No, no, you buy lemonade. Or do you trade lemonade? It's IPO insurance company. It ascended 26% and closed at an all-time high. After if you take a look at the chart of Lemonade, it has been a mess. I tend to stay on the sidelines of most IPOs, unless I think it's a company that's going to change the world and be disruptive. This is a company that has come public, and, and they're dramatic. By the stocks rolling, and um, <clears throat> almost—I'm not going to—I want to be careful. I was that a lot of the companies that came public last year came out at the right time. Cheap money, speculation, retail investors have nothing to do but talk about the greatest IPOs of all time, which tends to happen in tech. You know, Facebook was the greatest all. IPO of all time until maybe Uber was the greatest. And then, you know, uh, you go back and you look at the Intel IPOs way back in the days and Microsoft, you get the idea there. Mortgage rates hit a new record low, 30-year low at 2.65%. That's stunning. Uh, If you have a mortgage in 4%, unless you're a year, two years, three years away from dying or retiring it, you may want to consider it. If you're in that 20 to 30 year time frame, you may want to at least talk to a mortgage lender. 2.65%. What that tells me, remember how I just told you that plug power investment of 1.5 billion? 1.2 billion, 1.5 billion. Um in Asia, and I was like, I wish that was here. What this is really telling you is not like, oh, I don't have enough time to get a mortgage or oh, I already have a good mortgage. What this is telling you is that all mortgages issued today are going to be pretty good. Um, they're going to be tough to give up on because if you give up on 2.65% mortgage and like say in two or three years we go, you go to like a 3.5%, you're going to have a lot less buying power. And then if it historically goes back to 5 6% levels, you're going to have way less buying power. But we're not going back to historical norms. No time soon. Keep in mind when I got into the industry 20 plus years ago, the mortgage rates were at 8 to 10%. Now two point six five percent why do i th- why am I impressed by that let me let me slow it down for you every month you get a paycheck and it can only go so far and a mortgage is probably going to be the biggest check you write every month in theory I don't know <laughs> maybe some of you have some bad divorces or something like that, but you get the idea it's a big old check and if you have a big house, that's great. You can afford to have the lower interest rate and still have a big paycheck, you know, four thousand dollars to go into your mortgage. But if you were at a more reasonable home, maybe it's a thirty three hundred and that extra seven hundred dollars a month turns into you know an eighty five hundred dollar a year investment, extra savings. Low cost mortgages are amazing. They're more I think they're one of the most powerful tools in all of the financial industry. Apple's App Store how much did Apple's app store generate last year? Listen to this BS. This will make you so angry because when I think app store, I'm thinking like angry birds. I'm thinking about like a Netflix download, maybe some Apple arcade games where you play Sasquatch and you go and get bananas and take them to the other side of the phone and you get coconuts and you take them to the other side of the phone and you get a boat When I think Apple's App Store, I'm not thinking of anything that – am I wrong? Yes, there's some good apps, but the stuff that we're paying for, uh, it's not exactly like Call of Duty. (laughs) Okay? How much do you think Apple's App Store pulled in last year in revenue? $64 billion. It's the $64 billion pyramid, Chuck. Chuck Woolery. I miss Chuck. The app store revenue grew 28% year over year. That's not bad. Um, I'm just throwing that out there at you. Now, again, it was a year where we've been living in a cave, hiding from the pandemic. The app store is probably going to do pretty darn good. Apple gets 30% for digital sales through its platform with very few exceptions. That's the issue that a lot of justice people have about. That's a pretty Herculean time. I'm Rob Black, talking all things, financial, money, invested more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Happy Friday. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money invested More. It's Friday on a week when the Capitol building was stormed. That feels a bit dramatic to say out loud, but I'm dealing with the populace, not reality. And with President Trump, it feels like every Friday that we've gone into on the stock market, since he's been impeached a couple of years ago. It feels like every single Friday was like, what's going to happen on the news shows this weekend? Should we be nervous? Um, you've seen a couple of cabinet members of Trump's resign. And again, as a nation, we are so divided right now. Some people are like, that's smart. Rats getting off the sinking ship. And others are like, you should stay because you could be part of the 25th Amendment. You have to take half the cabinet and the vice president to invoke the 25th amendment so Elaine Chow stepping down Betsy DeVos stepping down they can't be part of the coup so there's some people saying well maybe they're doing the right thing by getting off a of sinking ship and some people are saying well it's your duty to stick around and some people are like oh my head's spinning that's all gonna be talked about this weekend <laughs> and then Sunday afternoon I'm gonna have to retire to my office pull out the reading chair and uh, try to digest this and tell you where we're going looking forward to a new HBO documentary on Tiger Woods. In 1996 Nike debuted its first Tiger Woods ad. It considered groundbreaking the story behind it. That's the stuff that I like about documentaries. Is we're going to see so much about Tiger's wonderful golden nirvana utopian childhood and how sports went dark on him. <laughs> and that's a great story, is it not? Um there's more drama in sports than people set it up to be. <clears throat> it's a very ripe ground for uh, writers. Apple. Holy mackerel yesterday. I sit on the couch. I was enjoying a little time in the refrigerator. And headline crossed that Hyundai Motors. Hyundai. Is that resist of me? Do a South Korean accent is Hyundai? Or am I just repeating every stereotype I ever saw growing up? But Hyundai Motors, soaring today. Reports of a possible car partnership between Apple and the auto world have investors abuzz. This is one of those things that I'm sure Apple's doing a little spin control on today. But Hyundai stock's up 19.4%. That's the second best daily jump for the stock since the 1980s. Apple plans for an Apple self-driving electric vehicle. We have no clue what this means. It is in speculation mode hardcore. It could be a golf cart to get you around retirement home. You don't know. Probably not. But Apple declined to comment. Over the last six years, we have seen many twists and turns in the world of Apple's automotive aspirations. Something wonderfully tiled, titled Project Titan. Now, it's not lost on me that Tesla's hitting, it's climbing the charts. You know, it's becoming the 10th most valuable company, the 9th most valuable company. It sees Apple as the number one most valuable company, number eight most valuable company, number seven, like it's number five now. And it overtook Facebook. And if you think about that, a, a car company, that's bizarre. Tesla's bigger than GM, Ford, Volkswagen, Audi, all put together and more. Cars are considered. Um, it, there's not a lot there, you know. I told you earlier that Apple pulled in billions and billions and billions of dollars in revenue last year during the pandemic in its App Store just for hosting other companies' apps and making sure they don't have bugs or uh, malware in them. When you see the margins in software for hosting, and you look at the margins in hardware, it's ear- it's uncom- it, it, you can't you can't possibly get past point one. It's very labor intensive. It's very uh, commodity intensive. But Tesla's turned its, the world on its head. They're like, hey, let's, let's make it a big iPhone that you can drive around in. and We could sell you internet services, and we could sell you entertainment services. We could sell you auto-driving services. We could sell you software that goes from zero to 60 in two seconds versus zero to 60 in four seconds. Tesla's a software company. And they can sell that technology to other companies in theory. Some people are calling it a trillion-dollar company. Keep in mind, I don't think that's ludicrous. When you look at the penetration rates of electric vehicles and the world's sudden seriousness in the last two years of we need to move towards electric vehicles. Before that, it was like, well, if gas is cheap, I'll buy a gas guzzler. I'll get 10 miles a gallon as long as gas is cheap. But when gas goes to $4, $5, $6 a uh, a gallon, people go, well, I better buy an electric vehicle. Dan Ives is out there today. Over the last six years, he said, we have seen many twists and turns in Apple's automotive ambitions. He believes the chances of Apple going it alone in the car business are not high. Cars require a lot of capital to build a, a required scale. Even more capital than it costs to build smartphones and computers. So that's where... Tesla has cleared a hurdle. They've got the infrastructure moving along. There are no Ford or GM in infrastructure, but Ford and GM are no Tesla in software. <clears throat> Hyundai's target partner certainly doesn't have to be Apple. There's other reason to join with companies in electric vehicle push. XPing announced a partnership with a laser-based radar or lidar supplier recently. Hyundai could be doing something similar. So it looks like everyone's partnering up. And we look at it like Alibaba recently, who is the Amazon of China, said they're getting an electric vehicle market. Everyone's getting an electric vehicle market, apparently. Even if you're a big search engine company, why not sell cars, right? As long as it's supporting your other services. Huh. December jobs reports came out this morning, and they were not good. Payrolls dropped the first time since April. Unemployment rate steadies at 6.7%. Again, this is not an indictment on any president or Congress at this point in time. It's just saying, hey, guys, I, we're stalled out at 6.7%. We want to be somewhere between 4 and 6. That's very Goldilocksian. 6.7 is not a bad number considering we're still in a pandemic. But out of a pandemic, it's not great, but because we're still in a pandemic, we need to get out of the pandemic, and to get there, we may need to push the sled, so to speak. rear wheel drive on a car is difficult in snow because it's like pushing a sled. You don't got a lot of control in the front of the vehicle. Same thing with our jobs market right now. We have to push this forward. December's payrolls drop, widen the employment deficit in the labor market. And again, the only thing I'm going to say is I'm not a big advocate for spend money like a drunken sailor out of Congress. But when you're talking about jobs, that's not a drunken sailor. That is an American who probably has the skill sets to do more than stay at home and watch Dr. Phil. We want to get those people back to work. Uh, Little bleachers? I'll see the bleachers in tour again. I hope. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, seven to nine on AM twelve twenty KDOW. You want to hear funny? I think you'll find this entertaining. I was just updating my bio for a web page, and this song's called "In Cold Blood." This is so. This is coincidence. This is this is like a magical Friday, a moment that makes me smile. So I was looking through my um, bio and just making sure everything looks right. Brighter's role is senior vice president. Blah blah blah. Rob Black was co-founder, of New Focus. Blah blah blah. EP. Well, blah, blah blah blah. Financial media expert. Blah blah blah. Mercury Capital Management. And you go through it all. And then at the end of the bio, <laughs> it, it says, fun fact, Rob signs his emails to friends and family as Robert, because Rob Black sounded better on TV and radio. There's a truth to that. That's, there's a cold-hearted truth to that in Cold Blood, right? And it talks about Rob uh, has a, a visual name, 01110011. <laughs> I think it's the funniest bio I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's Okay. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. When life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And I would say this week, politically speaking, it was a poop show. But Wall Street makes something of it. I'm not telling you it's always going to do that. And there's a guy out there right now who is. Do you remember the the TV show or the movie? What do you call it now? HBO special? I don't even know. Um. The big short, the US housing bubbles collapse in 2007. So, a guy named Michael Burry predicted the housing collapse, and he made a lot of money doing it. And he referred to his last big short as getting bigger, bigger, and bigger. And now he's saying the same thing's going to happen to Tesla. He's comparing Tesla stock to the housing market of 2006, 2008. I find that intriguing because I own the s and p five hundred and now Tesla's part of the s and p five hundred. If I owned Tesla, that would make me quake in my boots and think, what's he exactly talking about Tesla stock price jumped eight percent yesterday, adding sixty billion dollars in its market cap, and he said that's bigger than that's equivalent to one g m Two Hershey's, three Etsy's, four Domino's, ten Vornado, Vornados. Like he's trying to say, it's jumping. It's it's when you jump sixty billion in business on market cap, in theory, down the road you're going to make an extra sixty billion dollars for what just happened. You might remember Burry was portrayed by Christian Bale in the movie The Big Short. He's adopted the Twitter name Cassandra, a reference to the priestess from Greek mythology who was cursed to share true prophecies but never to be believed. (laughs) That's a pretty wickedly smart man. When he comes up with uh, a Twitter handle named after a goddess who foretold of doom and gloom, but no one ever believed her back on his big short, the first one. And I don't think he's shorting Tesla, but he's saying it looks ridiculous and enjoy it while it lasts. So his mortgage defaults did kind of snowball where one bad loan was doable and he saw it. But when they started getting repackaged as 10 out of a hundred, 15 out of a hundred bad loans and repackaged 20 out of a hundred bad loans and people thought they were getting mortgage loans sold to them, which if you listen carefully to commercials on radio and television, you'll hear some people talk about, you know, buy the loan, don't buy the house, you know, buy the servicing alone. And there's good money in that. But there's good money into it till there's not good money into it. And when the loans inside that package start to sour, it becomes very, very problematic. For a company that just bought a hundred of them and ten of them fail and then twenty of them fail, all one hundred eventually fail. For that company's buy and servicing. It's a little tough to explain on radio and television, so I won't. But the big short investor, Michael Burry, said he expected Tesla stock to implode in a similar fashion to housing in late 2007. Interesting. Uh, because I think they'll resonate with some people. Um, oh, he is shorting Tesla. He disclosed in December, man, he's already getting killed. He called for CEO Elon Musk to capitalize on electric vehicles company's current ridiculous price by issuing shares. He referred to it as his Cassandra persona on Twitter as hashtag Tesla souffle, which if you've ever seen a souffle, it kind of like rises and it kind of all falls at the last second. Tesla's stock was up 740% in 2020. And, you know, this is one where I try to stay on the sidelines because to me it's the civil war. Nobody wins, we both lose. That's a Randy Foster song talking about divorce. But it also could talk about the Civil War. The North and the South, no one really won. Well, maybe the North in theory, but um, that was just a sad period of time for America. LVMH has finally accepted the reasonable price tag for its acquisition of Tiffany & Company. You might remember this was going to be a big merger acquisition, more so for LVMA, Louis Vuitton, Moet & Buying an American diamond company which sells rocks for hundreds and thousands and thousands of dollars, which is still one of the most peculiar thing that I've ever seen. You think Tesla's weird. How about sending a young man into a a diamond mine with a pickaxe and say, go give me diamonds. And if you don't, there's a problem for you and your family. And then Americans buying it for their fiancés and displaying a rock on your finger, which, again, we can make rocks that look prettier for 10 cents. But we don't. Bernard Arnault, oh, no. he is the son of Louis Vuitton, Moët Hennessy. Um, so Tiffany's going through. That was a little bit contentious because during the pandemic, um, a lot, and this is so cliche to boil it down to this, a lot of Chinese tourists who come to America, they like to buy American goods with American duties and bring them back to their country, typically luxury items. And Tiffany was a big loser during that period of time. So Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy said, I know we came up with this idea in 2019 pre-COVID, so we don't want to marry you anymore. And then about a year later, they're like, yeah, we still want to marry you, but we want to do it at a cheaper price. Now we sit and wait for the limited edition diamond-encrusted Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy and Hennessy bottles of champagne. I want them to merge Their diamond business with their champagne business, because that's the ultimate in luxury. Champagne doesn't taste good unless the bottle has diamonds encrusted on the outside of it. I can't drink it. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. So, yesterday Elon Musk tweeted out, man, is is Twitter and tweeting going to be as important of a story a year from now? When Trump's no longer on the platform as the POTUS that's going to be a big question. I'll tell you what, in the last year and a half, I've spent more time on Twitter seeing, what did the president say than I did in the previous three and a half years? So, Elon Musk came on Twitter yesterday when it was announced that he was officially the richest person in the world. And he goes, his net worth is $180 billion, which means if you stacked it up, his net worth in $100 bills, it would be 142 miles high. <laughs> okay. Musk's recent jump in net worth is tied to his equity in Tesla, which is up 535%. But one of the things he ended his tweet on, he was like, If anyone has any ideas on how I could spend this or give it away to charities, let me know. He says it's actually a tougher job than you think. And I get that. <clears throat> I don't mind giving it to charity. I mind giving it to charities that are wasteful. And there are reviewing sites that review how good a charity is or isn't with its CEO pay versus how much they help the community and such, how much of your dollar actually goes to work for its intended goal. Red Cross came under fire years ago because they're very bureaucratic. So when you gave to the Red Cross, it didn't flow to the bottom line need. That's changed. I don't know how much, but it's changed. So anyway, Musk ends his tweet with, well, back to work. I like that. You can be the richest man in the world and you still want to figure out how to solve problems. He's a true Rubik's Cube engineer. Elsewhere, Dow Jones Industrial Average – no, 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 excuse me. The Dow Jones uh, – Department of Justice. It's Friday. Work with me. I've had many, many voluminous bottles of champagne that were diamond encrusted. It's been a glorious week hitting all-time highs. But the Department of Justice is – they went after Boeing. They got a $2.5 billion settlement for concealing information about the two deadly Boeing 737 MAX planes in 2018. Is that blood money? Is it is that enough? Is it not enough? Is it too much? Does it seem ridiculous? The United States government is getting money from Boeing that's not going to the crash victims. It, it seems ludicrous and preposterous, but it is how the system works. And I'll tell you, this is it. It's not mafia or mob, but it's like, hey, I'm going to pay you some protection money. Two and a half billion dollars to Boeing is not a lot of money. So. It's interesting to note that $243 million dollars—that is a fine. That goes straight into the government's pockets. But it also probably recoups some of the lawyer costs and such, but not that much. $2.2 billion in compensation to airline customers and families of 346 people killed in the crashes. Um, this is how Wall Street works, and this is what I, what I was trying to get in the whole mob angle. And again, I'm not really saying mob angle. I don't want to paint Boeing as an evil company. I'm trying to paint corporate America as kind of... The demon known versus the unknown. When we know a company's going to get fined, we get freaked out about it. Wall Street's like, oh, I'm not going to sit down there because maybe they're going to get fined and go to prison. The reality is, is once the fine comes down at two and a half billion dollars, we're like, oh, that's doable. Wall Street likes the demon known. We can, like, if you got cancer and have a heart attack and all your toes have been cut off, Wall Street's I'm good with it. I just needed to know that. Wall Street can get through anything. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money. You must do Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Sounds like train. Where have they been five years? Um, quick thought for you. I will pay you $200 if you can come up with a great podcast name that I end up using. I'm going to be launching a podcast probably March, April, and it's going to be nothing daily news. It's going to be all strategy and investment ideas. Um, it's going to be about the stuff you need to do financially to get your life in order to get to retirement. So it's going to be the road to retirement is the idea and everything that you need to know on the way to get there. So I'll throw down $200 cash If anyone can come up with a great name Drop an email to me RobertRobBlackShow.com Or RobertRobBlack.com Robertroblack.com Might be better Find me In social media Tell me the name um, I'm looking at names of podcasts right now And this is going to be podcast only I'll tell you about it on radio So you can go get the podcast But some people have asked for podcast exclusive But Pod Save America Don't want to do that um, Rob Black's War Room Don't want to do that Serial investor don't want to do that because people are going to think that I'm talking about like uh, Captain Crunch and and Fruit Loops and why didn't those kids ever give that you know uh, bird the Twix bird why didn't they ever let them have have cereal like I don't get it so I'm not going to do serial investor I, I, Rob Black show could work but if you got anything better let me know drop me an email people know people know me I'm kind of a big deal let's talk about what we're seeing in the world of investing today. Um, It's Friday, first week of the year. It's been a very good week. In theory, the first five trading sessions tell you how the year is going to go. I personally feel that the news and headlines are pretty scary in the first three months of the year. But in the somewhere around spring, summer, we should start seeing the COVID numbers take a different turn. Yesterday, we saw combo 4,000 person dead in America day. That's not good. If Trump in the Capitol wasn't so in the headlines, we might actually get depressed right now by what we're seeing as far as what's happening with COVID. Um, it did exactly what we thought it would do at Thanksgiving, and then it did it again at Christmas. COVID crisis probably eventually going to end. No, it will end. It may We all may die, but <laughs> that's not going to happen. But let's say we start getting better news in the middle part of the year. Maybe even late spring. I'll be optimistic and say month four or five. Let's say that you know, the deaths start to t- taper off. The infections start to taper off. The second huge wave has been contained. The shots are starting to get uh, sent around. It will end. But the question is, and I want you to really seriously think about this. How long will a recovery take? For the people that have suffered financially for the last year, will they be made whole in one year or less? No. Does a $2,000 check or a $1,200 check and a $600 check, does that solve the financial difficulties of last year for many Americans? No. It's a crisis. It's going to take a little bit longer to recover. Now, fortunately, we have a lot of things in place to kind of grease the wheels early on in the process. But those come at a cost. They create inflation. I did a big piece yesterday on inflation and what it means for the world, and we can we can have inflation as long as we have productivity, uh, or we have different types of inflation, like wage inflation to offset housing inflation. The World Bank is concerned about income inequality, and I think it became more of an issue in 2020, so things to think about. Hey, I got an email yesterday, and... Let's see if I can pull it up. I just had it and it was a fantastic email. Um, it's not the penny stock email. Let's see if I can find it. Um, here it is. This is classic. This is, I want to share this with you. Um, starts out with We watch you on Cron. We value your opinion. We have some rainy day monies, $12,000 in a company credit union, basically sitting there not doing much. We would like to invest it into a low risk venture. And these are our questions. Okay, let's start with a couple things here. They have a rainy day fund, which is meant for a rainy day. In theory, I'm, I'm going to have to assume that it's an email. I can't, I don't get to know them intimately. A rainy day fund to me means something like if I lose my job and suddenly I have no income for the next three to six months. That's a rainy day fund. If I get in a car accident and can't go to work, maybe I'm getting disability insurance. Maybe I'm getting paycheck. The employer's being nice to me. Um, that's a rainy day fund to me, a rainy day fund is meant to be in cash or a cash equivalent. So he's making a mistake in my mind right there. He wants to invest it into a low risk venture. Okay. I'd say cash alternative would be a really short term bond or CD, but I'd be cautious on that too. If it's for an emergency, it's for an emergency. It's not for a TV. It's not for a return on investment. And he's starting to go, let's go return on investment. Listen to this. This is the best part. Let me flash the end. His email address is an AOL.com, which tells me he's old. I know you're saying you are a true detective, sir. The stock detective. That can't be the name of my podcast. I don't want to do that. Um, Number one, he says. Is a mutual fund better than individual stocks like Tesla, Netflix, and Disney? I'm like, what are you talking about? This is a rainy day cash fund and you're talking about Tesla. You are insane. No. Netflix and Disney, I'm not even gonna get to. They've both had incredible runs. Tesla's had an amazing run. This guy has no clue. He is out of touch. He has no concept of a financial plan. Number two question on what he should do with his emergency fund because he doesn't like it sitting in cash, but he wants a low-risk venture. And it is meant for a rainy day. Number two, he goes, is an S&P a good investment? Well, keep in mind, the S&P is at an all-time high. Cash doesn't move up or down. It typically goes sideways. Typically. So he's wrong. On, he's not wrong. He's just misguided in his thinking. Number three, do we need a broker? Or can we handle the transaction ourselves? Uh-oh, we're talking a financial virgin rookie. With an AOL account, I'm I'm thinking he probably doesn't have enough money to retire. At this point in time, $12,000 cash just seems like he was squirreling the money away in a pickle jar underneath his bed. Is it better to invest all the monies into one business or split them between companies? That's the first good question that he had. But an emergency fund is an emergency fund. It's not meant to be invested. I have a problem with that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.